your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right. We have got such a great show today. It's titled, and this is Robin's title, by the way, Birth Control and the Zombie Apocalypse with Robin LaCrosse. Now, Robin is a host of the Holistic Sex Ed Radio on the Empowerment Channel. And uh, she is a holistic practitioner and believe that she specializes in women's reproductive health. And she's also used natural birth control methods to avoid uh, uh, conception for over 25 years. And she even teaches her clients to do the same thing. So, you know, the, the biggest thing about Robin, it's her passion to empower women to take charge of their reproductive health and to make sure all girls grow up knowing and understanding their bodies and their cycles. And I can tell you, I had two older sisters, and believe me, they needed that lesson like crazy. Welcome, Robin. Hey, Dr. Gary. It's so good to be here. Yeah. So here we are sitting in the COVID-19 virus, uh, right in the middle of uh, all of us living out of our home, working out of our home, and driving everybody crazy in our home. (laughs) <laughs> so, so right. you know, there's a concern because when people have too much time on their hands or they're too close to each other, especially married couples or people that are living together, guess what happens? There's consequences. And what would that be, Robin? <laughs> well, you know, after World War II, for example, and all the soldiers came home, what happened? There was a big old baby boom. And I suspect that we might have something similar here in about nine months, you know, with all this time on our hands to be home and, you know, people who are who are close, you know, intimate, you know, what? why not? Why not have more sex, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's kind of human nature, you know? <laughs> you know, you have a natural form of birth control that you practice. How do you do that? How is that? Because you you understand your body. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't always that way, though. Um, you know, when I was young and growing up, like, I, ne- I didn't have any of this information. And then when I was 20 and decided I didn't want to, you know, be on the birth control pill anymore, I realized I actually had no idea what to do to protect myself. And, you know, funny enough, in spite of, like, getting sex education twice at school and the, the quote-unquote talk from my mom, like, condoms were not even, like, really a thought in my mind. Like, Mm. Uh, sexually transmitted diseases weren't either you know I mean this is an earlier time before the time of the internet and this kind of thing so information was a little bit harder to come by and Mm -hmm. so I just found myself in a situation where I didn't really know what to do to protect myself and I didn't want to get pregnant I knew that much and Mm. so what it did was it triggered a quest for information which kind of unfolded over a year or so, but eventually I stumbled on this book called Natural Family Planning. And it was basically a book teaching women how to use the natural signs and symptoms that your body sends you to get pregnant. And so while I didn't want to get pregnant, I was like blown away by 
all of this information, like my body was doing like all this cool stuff. And I had absolutely no idea that any of this was happening. And I was like, wow, you know, like, what if every young woman grew up knowing and understanding her body to this degree, like it could change everything. And based, you know, like when I found this book, I was like, wow, you know, it's like, I don't want to get pregnant, but I want to know more. And so it hmm. triggered a, a you know exploration quest for information. I was going to the university medical libraries to find out like what did the scientists know about fertility, menstruation, conception, hmm. you know, all these different things. And so it really just led me down a rabbit hole of just this amazing information and then and it was just incredible. Like it totally became like my personal PhD in life. <laughs> wow. Wow. To, you know what do you teach your clients? Um, is it just how the cycles go or, or what, what specifically do you get into? Well, so there's, first of all, you know, I feel like women need to have like an understanding of the hormonal dance that the body goes through each month. You know, like the, the thing that we see is menstruation. Like that's the most mm-hmm. visible thing. And right, right. Then there's, like, this vague, like, oh, if you have unprotected sex, you could get pregnant. You know, it's like, you know, it's like we know that there's this window that women can get pregnant in. But there's, like, there, it's like a moving target. Like, we don't really know when that's going to happen. And, you know, you could get pregnant at any time. So, there's a lot of fear around mm. a female, you know, a woman's fertility. And so... <laughs> So, yeah, so there's just like a whole bunch of things that go along with that, too, that I'm just like, ah. No. So I, I would take it the signs of ovulation would be the most important aspect. Yeah. And here's the thing, too, it's important to realize that is, is that menstruation is like the most obvious thing that we can see. And ovulation is kind of a moving target. You know, right. we... We don't have, you know, their body does send out signs and symptoms, but depending on your body, you know, every woman's body is a little bit different. And, you know, some women, you know, may produce more visible signs than others. And so there's definitely a learning curve that goes along with this. And so the first part is, you know, understanding your body. The second part is really just becoming an observer, you know, like learning what the signs and symptoms are. And then spending a period of time of like, say, six months or so, four months, six months, at least three of just being the observer and learning what your body does naturally over a cycle. And some women have very regular cycles, you know, maybe they menstruate every, you know, 27, 28, 30 days, you know, and have what we consider a normal cycle. Whereas other women, you know, they're more all over the map and, you know, there can be different reasons for that, but that can make it harder for someone to figure out when they're fertile. I gotcha. I gotcha. You know, looking at people these days, a lot of people really have sensitivity to sex. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that avoid sex or some people that enjoy sex, but body image what what do you think that plays into the psyche of a woman from sexual perspective? Yeah, you know, body image is like a, it's a big thing and it's it's complicated. There's a lot of different facets to it. You know, when we're talking about sex in particular, you know, how we feel about our bodies can play out in lots of different ways. It might be that Maybe we don't want to be naked in front of our partner. You know, maybe we feel more comfortable with having sex with the lights off. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, so that, that discomfort with ourselves, or maybe we feel subconscious, you know, about how we might jiggle during sex or, you know, something like that, you know, that just mm-hmm. brings us out of the present moment and interferes with our ability to, you know, be present and enjoy sex. Because, you know, when you're engaged in with your partner having sex, you know, there's a lot of those outside mental things that are, you know, like vying for your attention, you know, whether it's the kids in the next room and you're worried about them hearing you or waking up or, you know, the boss, you know, at work, or how are you going to pay the bills, you know, because you just got sent home from your job, you know, during this, you know, crisis, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. all these little things can like pick at your awareness and bring you out of the moment and make it harder for you to stay present. Um, And so, and body image can be the same way, you know, it's like, it's this little thing that kind of like nags at you at the back of your mind and interferes with your ability to stay present in the moment. And that's so important because then it's just an act. It's not intimacy. It's not an act of love. There's not a a connectedness to it when you're in your head. And that can really cause a lot of issues. Um, Men in particular, we were talking about this on your show, the EDD or ED factor, the, you know, Mm -hmm. erectile dysfunction. Um, You know, my suspect, I suspect that a lot of that has to do with health. A lot of Mm -hmm. it has to do with insecurities and all of, a lot of it has to do with too much pornography and masturbation. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe mm-hmm. if you have some issues with testosterone or something. Yeah, and I think you pointed out too, anxiety is another big factor. It's big, and and I get this in uh, doing counseling with people. Is people will come in on that issue, and and it's so interesting because erectile dysfunction didn't really become a phenomenon until the '90s, and uh, you know my my. My, what I suspect is that uh, basically after the, the sexual revolution in the 60s, birth control comes about, all of a sudden people are having recreational sex and uh, all, all kinds of crazy stuff's going on. But our bodies aren't necessarily built to have, you know, everlasting sex. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, what are your thoughts about uh, erectile dysfunction? Well, you know, men aren't really my specialty, um, but I do... You know, being a holistic health practitioner, you know, I do kind of approach things from the health perspective and, you know, we're out of shape. We eat crappy diets. You know, we don't get good sleep. A lot of us don't even engage in basic care of the human body 101. So is it a surprise that our sex drive may be affected? Is it a surprise that, you know, our bodies are affected? No, not really. Is it a surprise that, you know, men and their ability to achieve erection are affected? Yeah, probably not. You know, I mean, it's just kind of a a, a wider trend for us as a society. You know, we, we eat the sad diet, you know, standard American mm-hmm. diet, highly processed, a lot of sugar, you know, I mean, it's just not really great for human bodies. No, not at all. Not at all. What, what what do you think diet, how does that play into a person's sexuality or does it? Mm, well, as soon as you asked me that, I immediately started thinking of aphrodisiacs. Uh, <laughs> I don't know Oh, why. yeah. <laughs> but, there you go. But yeah, yeah. There's some <laughs> foods that are, you know, that are healthy for our bodies, like pumpkin seeds, you know, are high in zinc, for example. And it's really great for men. So if men are having problems with, you know, 
erectile issues or fertility issues. Zinc is really great for that. Zinc is also really good for the immune system, you know, which is a concern for many people right now. So there's, you know, food like raw foods, natural foods, whole foods have so many benefits for our bodies. You know, I think being and and food can be sensual too. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's the nourishing part. And then, you know, there's like, there could also be a playful aspect of it. You know, like we can, you know, engage with our partners centrally and, you know, feed them grapes or, you know, something like that. So, so yeah, so there's foods that can be aphrodisiacs. We can, you know, control how we interact with food, how we think about food. So, so I don't know if that answers your question or not, but that's kind of no, where my brain went. I had no idea that zinc had that had that ability. I got to go to Trader Joe's right now. Man. Get some pumpkin <laughs> seeds. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Those trace new, you know, those minerals, those nutrients. Yeah, raw pumpkin seeds are great for for men. Interesting. That's very interesting. All right. So, you know, looking at sex from the perspective of foreplay. Okay. What? How? What would you consider to be the beginning of foreplay for people? Well, for women in particular, foreplay starts with the brain. And so, I mean, if you're planning on having sexy time later that evening or something, and, you know, you're a couple who's, you know, actively like, let's make a, like, let's make a sex date, you know, kind of thing, or let's make Mm -hmm. a date to spend time together, you can, you know playfully banter back and forth you know throughout the day with text messages and anticipate or you know like talk about what you might like to do or how you might like to spend the evening or or these types of things so you can help build that anticipation and that that mental stimulation really helps to get the juices flowing and and for women I mean that quite literally like you know like that's that mental stimulation helps our bodies to get physically juicy Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that foreplay is really essential. And, you know, from our conversation that we had the other day about erectile dysfunction, it really sounds like foreplay is essential for men, too, because, you know, we need that connection. We need that intimacy. And I think when we nurture that within our relationship, our sex is only just going to get better. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yes. It, believe it or not, just like you said, it's communication. It's, it starts with communication yes. and then it builds into whatever, mm-hmm. um, whatever takes place when they decide yeah. to get together. And, and, and with communication, too, like you get to ask your partner, like, what would you like to have happen next? You know, like, what would you like to do? Like, what would feel good for you? And you can get that feedback. And I think, you know, especially when it comes to floor, foreplay, you know, like, so many of us, we fall into these sexual patterns and routines, and it can right. get very boring and very routine. And so when you bring in that element of conversation and ask your partner, like, what would you like to do? You know, like, what would feel good for you? You can find out more about, like, what your partner actually enjoys. And I think that can really help increase the variety and, you know, the enthusiasm to spend time in the bedroom making love oh big time i mean there that's that's an invitation to intimacy which is Mm -hmm. a true human connected but you know it's amazing how people that watch pornography there is no foreplay to it there is no real there is no there's no magic to it it's just 
this is performance. And sadly, people mirror that in their life and they, they forget that that kind of stuff is staged and that kind of stuff is not really, you know, what it's like to be a, a normal person. And so, go ahead. And I was going to say, and you were talking about body image before, and it didn't even occur to me about porn. I mean, and when you're looking at porn stars' bodies, like, how can you... How can you feel good about your body? <laughs> I mean, you, you can't compete with that. Secure, you know, <laughs> to like look at these perfect, you know, airbrushed, you know, uh, plastic surgery bodies and feel good about yourself. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a break in a minute, but uh, you know, it's just amazing to me. You know, some men don't understand why women would get upset when uh, they view pornography. Well, how can they compete with that? I mean, right. really. It's just not realistic. Plus, it, it it body shames them in many ways because they know they they can't look what the what they're looking for. And plus, people go on to one target to another target to another type of pornography, and they they go through all kinds of different uh, uh, pornography that they get attracted to. And a woman can't duplicate that kind of stuff. And yeah. so, there's a whole lot of reasons that that. That creates a problem. All right, we're going to take a quick break, uh, Robin, and we'll come right back. And we're going to talk a little bit more about sensuality. Come back, everybody. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. I am so fortunate to have Robin LaCrosse from the Holistic Sex Ed Show 
on the Empowerment Channel. She's here with me live. And we're talking about birth control in the zombie apocalypse. And this is a show that she's going to do on her own. But I want—I just had to get a piece of this show because it's such a good idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, Robin, it's interesting. What do you think in terms of – you talked about a woman's body being juicy. Mm-hmm. What do you think sensuality to a woman is? Well, I think it might vary, you know, between people. But for me, what sensuality means or how I think of it is, like, pleasure for the senses. And there can definitely be, you know, an element of sexuality in sensuality for sure. But sensual doesn't have to necessarily be sexual, like a piece of fabric Mm -hmm. across your skin can feel really sensual, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily sexual. But if your partner is, you know, running his fingertips over your skin or whatever, you know, that on the other hand does feel quite sensual. And so I think, you know, really it's about being mindful and the active pursuit of pleasure for the senses. Mm. And that sounds like it takes a little time. Yeah, well, it could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. that's a- well, and it can it can be part of your foreplay too. You know, I mean, like mm-hmm. like I said, like the fingertips across the skin, like in those in those sensitive areas. You know, that's very stimulating. Mm-hmm. Boy, wouldn't it be great if men were more sensual? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, you know, it's certainly a practice that anybody could engage in. Yeah, absolutely. Think about what that would, if people focused on sensuality, how much that would enhance their marital uh, connectedness. Just, mm-hmm. even a, just a massage or something like that. Because that's yeah. what, you know, that's really what you're talking about is just uh, enhancing our senses and taking the time to to really um, go into those senses and give pleasure in those ways. And it could be smell, it could be taste, mm-hmm. it could be touch, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a quality of it also that we need to like slow down enough to be able to receive it. So there's kind of like maybe a softness to it too, you know, willingness to receive, so receptiveness, like a yin quality. Mm-hmm. When we're in such an impatient age these days. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> where people don't. So, I mean, they, and, uh-huh. and of course, you know, the sexuality takes a big hit because of that. Yeah, well, and for really enjoyable, good sex, like you can't, it's not a slam bam. Thank you, ma'am. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, maybe it's good for him. I mean, but honestly, it probably isn't that good for him. And if he would slow down and take time too, I bet it would be better for everybody, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so we're talking about birth control. So mm-hmm. are there certain things you could be aware of, like little tricks or ideas or, or senses that you can be alarmed by to know that there's a possibility that you at this moment you could get pregnant or something to prevent you from getting pregnant through your natural body? Okay, so so there's kind of a lot of different thoughts that come, come to mind here. Um, so ways... To how do I want to how do I want to approach this? So, actually, can you repeat that question again? Yeah, that's a hard one. I think I've yeah, got yeah. I want to kind of mull that over a little bit more before yeah, I no, before I good. spit out an answer. 
<laughs> you know, because I don't, I, I don't know much about a woman's body, but I know that there's probably some indicators or some things that a woman can do to, you know, they, they, Catholics always talk about the rhythm method or whatever that, you know, that how that goes. But there's got to be some ways that a woman can understand how to stop a pregnancy or when she's likely to be pregnant. Some signs or some indicators. Okay, so let me start here. Um, so let's talk about fertility. So there's a window of fertility, okay? And as ovulation is approaching, mm-hmm. there are a series of hormonal events that are occurring. And so in a nutshell, estrogen levels are rising as the egg follicles in the ovary are developing. And mm. as estrogen rises, it's causing certain changes in the body. One, mm-hmm. you, uh, women often feel more energetic. They maybe feel more sexy. There's like a higher energy that comes along with estrogen. Um, I also caution my clients that if you feel, if you're feeling like this and you have the urge to like blow off the birth control, that chances are you're about to ovulate. And so, therefore, you definitely want to use your birth control because, you know, our there's a biological urge to reproduce. And, you know, that estrogen often will get swept away in the heat of the moment and that sort of thing. And bang, there you go, pregnancy. So that's, wow. you know, one yeah. thing to be aware of if, if you're feeling that way and you're like, oh, I'm not going to worry about her. I'm not going to stop him. Like things are just going like bananas. It's so hot. You know, we're like totally into each other. It's like, yeah, you want your birth control at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt things. I'm really sorry. But, you know, there's consequences here. And um, okay, so that's one thing. Another thing to be aware of is the longevity of sperm, okay? So in the fertile period, um, you know, so after menstruation ends, there's, depending on the length of a woman's cycle and the health of her body, the longevity of her partner, there's a window in which conception can occur that's a lot bigger than the window that the egg is actually viable. The egg itself is only capable of fertilization for a period of, say, 12 to 24 hours. However, the issue is the longevity of the sperm and the conditions in the female body. So if the conditions are right, sperm can get inside the cervix. There's little spaces that the cer- that the sperm can hang out and just like kick back and wait for the egg to arrive. You know, they could could sit back and drink their pina colada, you know, and they're safe (laughs) from the vagina. (laughs) You know, the vagina is an acidic place and its job is to kill sperm. And so fertile cervical mucus is the substance that is produced, the cervical fluids, as estrogen levels rise, there is cervical fluids that are produced and the job of those fluids is to provide a safe haven for the sperm so that they can hang out and wait for the egg to be released. Wow. I just so, have Oh, yeah, go ahead. You know, that's that's interesting. I I was just wondering, you know, I've I've heard of what's called the Irish babies where they have have the their birth is in the same year and and that's because the woman after she has a baby there's something about her, her being fertile right then. Is that is that a true so you mean like uh, like a woman is is giving birth and then getting pregnant right after? Yeah. So she's having like a like a, 
giving birth and having another child in the same year? And yeah, like getting pregnant right after giving birth and then gets back into her sex life maybe a month later or whatever. And all of a sudden she's pregnant again. Is Are women more fertile right after birth? Do you so, know? So every woman's body is different. And some women do go back to ovulating after they give birth. Many women, especially if they're breastfeeding, won't ovulate right away. And that's kind of nature's way of preventing, you know, a pregnancy too soon. But it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes an egg is released sooner than that. And that's why, you know, you find pregnancies that are, you know, closer together um, than you might normally see. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, so it's possible. It might not be as common, you know, and that's another reason why, um, you know, birth, uh, breastfeeding isn't necessarily uh, a foolproof method to prevent pregnancy. I mean, it does reduce fertility, but the issue is that ovulation comes first. Ovulation happens before menstruation. Menstruation is the result of conception not occurring that cycle. And so there's right. no warning if you're not like monitoring, you know, if you're not familiar with what your body does as ovulation approaches, then you're not going to recognize the signs of fertility returning after pregnancy. And pregnancy has a lot of hormonal things going on. And so it makes it really challenging for women who even are, who are familiar with what their body's doing, you know, during a non-pregnant time or, you know, Mm. postpartum time. And so, so yeah, so pregnancy can make it make make it really challenging for women to identify when they're fertile, um, you know, when fertility re- returns. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, how important do you think it is that people have a very open dialogue with each other about sex? I think it's super important. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know, I know it's hard for it. us. I'm, I'm sorry. I said, you have a whole show on that. (laughs) Yeah, I do. And I I have a very liberal um, opinion about that. You know, I think we should be talking about sex, you know, as much as possible. I think we should be talking to it with our kids, you know, from, you know, from day one when they're born. And it's more more for you than it is for them at that point. But, you know, when you start out at the beginning, having these conversations, it just gets easier over time. And when couples talk about sex, they have better sex. Hmm. I, I I can't help but believe that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And so, you know what? You're talking about kids. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't talk about sex with their kids. Yeah, what, what are your thoughts about that? I think it's a damn shame. It's, oh, I don't know. I'm yeah. going to hesitate to say criminal, but it's kind of where my brain is going. <laughs> it's like, yeah. this, is, this is essential information. Sex is like a big deal. And if kids are not prepared, you know, for the things that they're going to encounter in life, because you're not always there, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, kids are sexual abuse is a huge problem in our country. It's like, if it's not right in your family, there's people out there who are looking for opportunities to find kids to abuse. Like there are people out there seeking children to abuse them. And so if you don't talk to your kids about that, you can't protect them from that. It's like your message won't be there first. The abuser will be there first and it will be their little secret. And that will create space between you and your child that, you know, you may that relationship may never re- recover from because you're hiding a secret and you can't be intimate with somebody that you're hiding a secret from. 
Boy, and that sure messes them up in their adult life too. Um, Mm -hmm. It has far reaching consequences. So that's, you know, that's number one. That's just one reason of many. Porn is another one. Porn is everywhere now. You know, when we were kids growing up, maybe we got to find our dad's porn tape and stuffed in the closet somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's pretty benign compared Mm -hmm. to what kids are finding today. And trust Mm -hmm. me, kids are absolutely finding porn. You're, if you have boys, By the time your son is a teenager, he has seen porn. And if you haven't had that conversation with him, then, again, your message is not there first. And then, you know, it's a shame. You know, it's like because you're the parent. You're there all the time. You had first opportunity to plant your values, plant your seeds, and guide your children, you know, down a road that will, you know, Produce a healthy child, good relationships, you know, somebody who's not been abused, you know, sexually abused. You know, it's like you increase your child's chance of having a healthy, successful life. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. not talking to your kid about sex. Basically, you're ignoring this huge central piece of what is going to help them turn into a productive person in society, a happy, healthy person. And and understand what sex really means and what it really is. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty it's amazing. It's so it's so amazing that I hear so many kids and, and young adults talk about the idea that they learned from sex from their friends. Mm-hmm. And boy, you know, why would you want somebody the same age as your child teaching your child about sex? <laughs> yeah. What do they know? <laughs> Nothing. They you know, don't. they don't know anything. And if they do, you know, where did they learn it from? You know, at 14, I was experimenting with sex. And you know where I learned it from? From my where? sexual abuser. You know, it's like I shouldn't have been experimenting with sex. But mm-hmm. I was going to give my virginity to a person of my choosing. It's like a teenager is old enough to have these thoughts. They're not old enough to necessarily think through all of the consequences. At that time, I believe that women got pregnant when... My my frame of reference was a dog. I believe that women got pregnant when they were having their period because I knew dogs got pregnant when they were in heat. Thank wow. God I didn't get pregnant. Like, yes. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> I'm wow. like, thank God I didn't get pregnant at 14. And these you know? people that do that, they, they groom. They groom mm-hmm. these kids. And they mm-hmm. groom them, especially on the Internet. They can hide behind their computer and create a personality Mm-hmm. That the kid thinks is another kid, and it's actually an adult that's grooming them. Yeah. There's a lot of dangers out there. So, so yeah, parents need to have these conversations. And that's why, you know, I'm so passionate about it. You know, it's like I'm a lot of those experiences I had, you know, before the age of 20 years old would have been so much different if I had had better education when I was growing up. Absolutely. And, and you know, know. And parents worry about, you know, like, oh, I'm going to encourage my kid to have sex. You know, you know what encourages your kid to have sex is them trying to defend themselves from a sexual predator. Exactly. That's why I had sex, because I wanted to give my virginity to a person of my choosing, not someone who was trying to take it away from me. Wow. Who I felt powerless to stop. Wow. Wow. <laughs> How, what do you think that that left you with? When you were young, what what kind of what kind of hurts did that leave you with? Feeling like my parents weren't there to protect me, feeling like you know I had to figure all this stuff out on my own. Um, you know, I didn't have anybody uh, there that I could rely on. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, and then you know, and then I know that there's been far-reaching consequences. Do I know what I would have been like if this hadn't happened to me? No. Do I regret that it happened? No, because it's you know, would I wish it on anybody? No. But you no. know, these these events that have happened to me shaped the course of my life and are why I talk to parents about talking to your kids about sex. It's why I help women who are dealing with HPV and are having their doctors tell them that they're on the verge of cervical cancer. I help them get their cervixes back to wellness. You know, it's why I teach natural birth controls because I want women to understand their bodies and know how to protect themselves because the information we get is inadequate and the services like the doctors, the, you know, the birth control options, you know, we can't always use them. You know, they have leave something to be desired. So I want women to know that there are other alternatives. Right. Right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We're going to take another break and then we're going to come back and uh, talk to you, Robin. Um, I want to really kind of get an idea to talk about your show, Holistic Sex Ed. Um, and and try to get an understanding of what what inspired you to do that show. So we're going to take a quick break and come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're so fortunate. I'm continuing an interview with Robin LaCrosse, who's the, the host of the Holistic Sex Ed Radio here on the Empowerment Channel. And, um, you know, we were talking earlier about different ways in which uh, a person can have natural sex and, uh, you know, without having the birth control. 
Robin, you've given a lot of, of information about how to do that. But specifically, how does any of this correlate with the good old Catholic rhythm method? Oh, yes, the rhythm method. The good old-fashioned estimated guess as to when you are going to be fertile. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I'd like to also add, too, now that in our modern age, we have a number of wonderful period trackers who that are uh, great estimated guessers. <laughs> you know, it's really? like we have got, got the rhythm method in the computerized form. And, you know, it's like, well... If you want to base your reproductive decisions on an estimated guess, great. More power to you. Right, Me, right. on the other hand, I personally need a little bit more uh, information and scientific basis to feel good about sort of some such thing. And so basically the rhythm method is an average of your past cycles. And you use that to make a guess as to when you'll be fertile in the future. And natural birth control methods, often called fertility awareness methods, are scientific methods of observing measurable, you know, things that we can track over time and base our decisions based on, you know, this scientific real-time data that we have been, you know, collecting. And again, I encourage my clients to collect data for a period of time before they start trying to make decisions based on that. And, you know, I encourage people to get some education and support if they want to use fertility awareness methods to manage their fertility. I don't call it birth control because we're not controlling birth. We are managing our fertility. We're making decisions, you know, based on information that we're gathering and applying that to successfully avoid conception. And so I, I've been doing this for over 25 years. I started out, you know, learning about these things. I read about, learned about the rhythm method and, you know, all these other things. I, like mm-hmm. I mentioned before, I went to see what the scientists were doing. And then I combined this information into a technique that I felt really comfortable using to prevent pregnancy. And, you know, and once I figured that method out, you know, I was able to avoid conception for over 25 years. And, you know, it's it's wow. been... An amazing process. For me, it has been like one of the most empowering things that I have ever done for myself because it has allowed me to, you know, I've, you know, in the years, you know, I've been married, divorced, I've had different relationships, you know, so different partners require different methods of contraception, you know, some partners can't use condoms, you know, different, different needs for different people. And so it's really allowed Mm -hmm. me a lot of flexibility to kind of pick and choose a method to avoid conception that has really worked well with my lifestyle over the years. That's incredible. You know, if you think about it um, and, and, and how you approach the birth control thing, how hard would it be for, you know, what kind of clients tend to really take to your, 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 your process? Well, either women who want to get pregnant because these methods, you know, once you learn how to avoid conception, which in my opinion is much harder than getting pregnant, assuming of course that 
all of the parts are working properly. I know a lot of women have difficulty with conception, and so I don't want to, you know, negate their struggles or anything like that. But for women who everything is working normally, the real challenge is to avoid getting pregnant. And so once you know how to do that, getting pregnant is easy. So there's those clients. And then there's also um, women who can't use hormonal birth control, um, like they react mm-hmm. very poorly to birth control pills or, you know, have health concerns that make the risks of hormonal birth control, you know, not something they really want to do. And so if you, you know, if you're in a long-term relationship, you know, and you don't want to use condoms all the time, then, you know, what can you do, you know, and have it be an effective form of contraception. And so that's, you know, those are the types of people that I tend to work with. Um, Some are, you know, more holistically minded and again, steering away from the more pharmaceutical, you know, types Mm -hmm. of methods. So, Mm-hmm. Well, people are certainly going that direction these days. It's very interesting yes. how people are becoming very organic oriented. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. most new grocery stores are organic. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we don't want the chemicals. Mm-hmm. No, no, people people don't don't want that at all. But what do you think? You know, your show. Female audience. What was your goals when you created the show and what were some of the ideas that you wanted to make sure to put forward? Mm. Well, you know, I started out doing interviews um, in a couple of telesummits that I did. My first telesummit that I did was called Raising Empowered Daughters. And, you know, that's really where I started is wanting to educate women, girls, you know, and I, as the time went on, I realized that I wasn't getting the information into women's hands early enough. And so I really turned my attention to parents, moms in particular, because I wanted to make sure that moms had this information so that they could pass it down to their children. And so therefore, you know, not only am I educating one person, but also her family, you know, kind of thing. And so I felt like I could have the greatest impact that way. And when I did my second telesummit, Raising Empowered Kids, a few years later, I realized that we really needed to include the boys in this conversation, you know, like Me Too. I don't think Me Too had quite happened at that point, but I knew that there was a bigger conversation that we needed to have. And then, um, you know, so it was really about supporting parents and having these challenging conversations because, you know, it is challenging. Sex is a challenging multifaceted topic and we didn't have good role models and so I really wanted to provide a place for parents to go to get this information and when uh, Voice America came knocking on my door with the suggestion that I do a radio show I had already been thinking about doing a podcast at some point but just you know Mm -hmm. just didn't want to like take off those those new pieces of technology that I haven't you know interacted with before my schedule's already full and that sort of thing and so when voice america came i was like you know maybe it's time and with the support of voice america i decided to go for it and i decided that i wanted to really take the holistic view and so i moved away from the raising empowered daughters and raising empowered kids um titles to the holistic sex ed because I wanted it to be a larger conversation and so kind of my subtitle is for you know like parents raising empowered kids but I wanted it to have that bigger view and a lot of my conversations are directed towards parents but I feel like you know 
parents need to be empowered. Like, I want to make sure parents are having great sex. I want to make sure they're having great communication with their partner, you know, all of these, you know, great relationships so that we can be the living example for our children. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I always talk to couples that have intimacy issues. Usually they're sitting on two, two different sides of the couch. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just touching each other a little bit, you know, not, not lingering or not, nothing, not groping, but touching, um, you know, holding hands for a few seconds, a kiss on the forehead. How do you, how meaningful do you think that plays into the role of couples continuing their dialogue on sex? I think those little tiny acts of, you know, whether it's touching or little acts of kindness or thoughtfulness or whatever, it's like those little those little things that you do every day, they like go in the currency bucket. Like you're filling your bucket up, you know, your relationship currency bucket. And so I think all of those little tiny things that you do for your partner that you maybe don't think about or maybe you intentionally do, whatever the case may be, all help to, you know, foster the relationship and intimacy. Foster that sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 just sad that people don't really um, have a good dialogue about that. But, you know, you're reaching an audience of people, of parents that really do need this kind of help. Um, what do you tend to find when you're talking to people when they first understand what you're doing? What 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 do they discover when they talk to you? Oh, that they're not alone. And, you know, my first reaction that people get, you know, that I get when people hear what I do is like, oh, that's so needed, you know. And then they often tell me stories of how they didn't get that information and what it was like for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing how naive people are <laughs> about sexuality, which mm-hmm. is such an important aspect of life. Um, did you ever, do you ever do any teaching? Um, sure. I te- I do webinars and, you know, I have private clients. Um, I actually do have a webinar, which I was thinking I would let your, your listeners know about if they would like more information about the female body. Um, I have, a. It's kind of a, a, a dumb name. I'm terrible at naming things, but I, I called it uh, the three steps to master your your feminine cycle. And basically what it is, it's all about the female body, like from start to finish, all about the female cycle. And I think it actually it's about a 90 minute um, educational webinar that, you know, I I just I have it on my website people can sign up they can go listen to it for free anytime and then if they want to go deeper in that information then I have um, a home study course that's a it's actually a paid course that uh, that they can go through to learn more about the fertility awareness methods and um, if that's something that they're interested in exploring I think it's um, a really great place to start you talked about empowering when you got to know your body how empowering that was mm-hmm. What do you think that enlightenment gave you? A sense of confidence? A sense of, what, what, what did that do for you? You know, it did give me a sense of confidence. Um, and it really inspired me to share what I was, you know, learning about. And so it did kind of put me in that teacher position, um, you know, early on because I, 
just felt so passionate that God, every woman needs this information. And, but for me personally, like being able to know that any time that I had sex that I was choosing, you know, based on the choices that I was making, I was choosing whether or not to get pregnant. You know, it's like, and I didn't want to be pregnant. So every time that I made that choice to, you know, use birth control, use a condom or whatever, it's like I was making that choice of like, I am protecting myself. I am creating my destiny. I am creating my future how I want it to, you know, by by regulating my fertility. And that is so important because, you know, you don't want to stumble into parenthood. <laughs> Believe me. Oh, God, no. It mm-hmm. is a very complicated. Here I am in my mid fifties with a five-year-old or a six-year-old. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we didn't. We planned it. Believe it or not, um, mm-hmm. even though I'll be dead before he gets in high school. Um, but <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> You're gonna live a li- nice long life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably I'm praying for it. <laughs> uh-huh, yes. Mm-hmm. But man, he gives me a run for my my money. <laughs> yeah, you know, parenthood is like the hardest job. It's like the biggest responsibility. You are nurturing another human into, you know, being a productive member of society. It's no small feat. And, you know, parents need support. And that's why I am out here having these conversations with my guest, with parents, you know, with anybody who will talk to me um, Mm -hmm. to help shift the culture, you know, like to help to change the way that we're talking to our parents about to our kids about sex. Boy, yeah, we only got a couple minutes to close, but you know, my, I, it shocked me how young my son was when he noticed he had a penis. <laughs> I was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, "New toy." <laughs> yeah, and it feels good. He was, uh-huh. he was super young when that mm-hmm. happened. I was mm-hmm. like. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All yes. right. That's our show. Robin, thank you so, <laughs> so much for being on this show. I really appreciate it. It's uh, Robin LaCrosse, and it's the Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Yes, and you can go to holisticsexedradio.com if you're interested in that webinar and to find out uh, more about me and my show. There you go. All right. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. You can do that on our webpage at voiceamerica.com, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology, the Empowerment Channel. Now, remember, if the schools are closed for too long, the parents are going to find a vaccine before the scientists. (laughs) When, and also remember, when you find an artsy sign that says gather, remind yourself that's illegal. (laughs) Also, if your dog is staring at you when they see you at home, know that they're confused that why you're home and they want their me time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, Robin. Yes, thank you. Be safe out there, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 